Hello. And welcome to Pop Tarts. Beam, 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 beam. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We're both editors at Bust Magazine in New York City. We love talking to each other about pop culture, and we love talking to you about pop culture. And today, we've got good guests. <laughs> we are so excited to welcome onto the show Corinne Fisher. Hi. And Christina Hutchinson. Hello. They are the hosts of the super popular Guys We Fucked the yes. anti-slut-shaming podcast, and they co-wrote the book Fucked, Being Sexually Explorative and Self-Confident in a World That is Screwed. That came out in 2017. And Corinne and Christina have also been performing since 2011 as the comedy duo Sorry About Last Night. If you're in Canada, that's sorry. Sorry <laughs> About Last Night. And they have made it their mission to make the world a more sex-positive place Welcome, Corinne and Christina. Hi. Hi. Happy to be here. So slutty. Fuck that shit. Guess what? Large women have sex. I feel like when people called me a slut, I was like, on the money. You guys need dogs. <laughs> God, you're good at sex. Give us the Guys We Fucked origin story. How did you meet? What made you decide to broadcast the most intimate details of your lives? <laughs> and what has your career journey been together mm. since then? We met in 2008 uh, when I was a sophomore in college uh, and I interned at Liebman Entertainment, a talent management company that consisted of three people and Corinne was one of those three people. So I was her intern. Yay. Oh. Started doing stand-up. First stand-up show was 2010 in August. Uh, and I invited Corinne, and she came to the show and asked me if she, I was interested in working as a comedy duo together, and I was. And so that was the birth of Sorry About Last Night, Sorry About Last Night for the Canadians. <laughs> Sidebar, uh, Callie was once my intern Truth. before she was my Facts. work wife. Oh, it's, that's perfect. it's good to get a you can really get a gauge on someone if when when they're an intern because if you can yeah. crush that right I trust you you know what I mean yeah she totes crushed it yeah you're not getting paid it's not glamorous so yeah. it's the true like test of character for this a person well Emily was also an intern before I was an intern that's right we've all been here and now yeah. you run the company <laughs> totem <laughs> yeah, yeah nice <laughs> it's good that's a good rise so uh. What made you decide to broadcast your sex lives and how has your careers together taken off? Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so we, we created Sorry About Last Night, which, which is the umbrella that Guys We Fucked lives under, even though Guys We Fucked has now like surpassed Sorry About Last Night in name recognition. Um, but so there was a couple of years in there where we were doing just like local shows and we became locally popular. We were selling out like the Brooklyn Winery and uh, Gotham City Improv places like that we had like a local following um and then i was dumped by the former love of my life in 2012 womp womp yeah mm -hmm. in a panera mm -hmm. bread <gasps> not oh. in a panera bread yeah, not even worse. in an album pan <laughs> well i guess there's less of that i mean yeah, it was like the, it had just it was you know had just opened that one on 7th avenue I'm shocked. and i was so excited because like i'm from suburban new jersey and i do miss like chains sometimes mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, and I, yeah, and I had also purchased him lunch. And then, um, yeah, and then I was dumped. And then I spiraled for a year. But at one point during the spiraling, I was having a lot of creative, you know, ideas and ways to, like, save myself. Um, and I pitched uh, the concept of Guys We Fucked Christina because we had been working together on so many other things. And I was like, what if we just interview all the guys that we've had relationships with and learn more about ourselves so um, smart. through the partners who have known us most intimately and she thought that was a good idea and then uh added on the anti-slut shaming part so that's why the podcast is like first half is our personal lives and then second half is more interview and something that's more relatable for everybody even though people seem to like to relate to us a lot yeah. <laughs> as well which is cool it's been a surprising journey mm-hmm. and say. now you're gonna be on like a whole new podcast network mm-hmm. yeah luminary yeah yeah we started out on a network got kicked off that network mm-hmm. then did our own thing for a couple years mm-hmm. um and now we're really excited to uh we wanted to change we wanted to keep growing and and you know excel and i'm really excited about luminary they have good vision and luminary is going to be like the netflix of podcasts yes it is yeah it's an app where you can get every single podcast um, for free and then there's specific podcasts that'll be behind a paywall we're one of the exclusive ones for them awesome. exclusive yeah. <laughs> yeah you guys are like the champagne room yeah which is cool because the then we can go yeah. back to like, I like that. I'm sharing <laughs> a little bit more intimate details because after like five years of just anyone being able to access it um, there was scary. some problems yeah oh. so <laughs> you know that you know that did you get many... backlash from the dudes no not the, no, du- not no. the dudes sometimes I'll say something about somebody oh. and I'm like they're not gonna listen and then they'll text me I'm like god damn it oh, oh. So, yeah. I didn't get I didn't get that that so much but um yeah it just it's like at a certain point like we're not you know celebrities so it's not normal to be sharing this much uh of your personal life and like even celebrities don't do that it's just a very unique position that we're in um and when we started we certainly had no idea that you know a million plus people would be hearing these things so yeah but we're excited to do you guys have any boundaries at all no zero do you have zero. any boundaries between yes. your personal and your professional lives do your sex lives ever feel like work because it's your job to talk about it with each other on the mic I have zero boundaries which I'm working on in therapy uh-huh. <laughs> um and I share I don't want to say too much but I just word vomit into the microphone because when you do a podcast for five years Sometimes when you have a mic in front of you, you forget there's a mic in front of you. You just think you're hanging out Uh and stuff will come out and then you listen back to it. I'm like, I can't believe I fucking said that. So uh, I was in a relationship for seven years, got out of it last April. And so I'm now having sex with other people that aren't my ex-boyfriend. And I've learning currently to (laughs) have boundaries with what I say on air and realize that not everybody wants their laundry aired out or like what the intimate moments that I have with a person, not necessarily podcast material, Uh you know? It's a little hard to tell between the two of you when I listen on to this show, but are you the one who's dating corn guy? No, that's me. That's you. You should. Yeah. I was like, the the, the key is don't, don't don't listen to um, the tone of the voice because our, the tones of our voice are a little bit similar. Mine's a little higher, um, but a bit based on what we say, you should always be able to tell us apart. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the naive glass half full one. It's personality based listening. Should make it quite simple. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Um, Yeah. And then on the flip side, like I am, I have lots of boundaries and certainly I had a, um, like put up certain boundaries based on this unique experience of having a podcast. Um, So like when we started most of the time, you know, for years I was 
like first what two years I was single yeah yeah first two years I was single and so I really had no boundaries with talking about any of those stories I mean obviously leaving out names and identifying details very you know I always never talked about anyone by name or that you could figure out who they were unless you're like one of my best friends unless I had the person's consent um and then when I got into my relationship with my ex who I dated for two years I was definitely I gave some details but I was definitely more more, you know, uh, protective of that because I realized like I had more than made good on my commitment to, uh, share my life with people. And at a certain point, like you can't damage your own life by oversharing it. I don't really like sharing like a ton when I'm in the relationship. I piece together things that I think could be useful and I spend a lot of time thinking about it and writing it down. Like I'm a big, I'll write it down like and then I'll kind of read it almost. So is I know. corn guy cool with everything? Um, yeah, yeah, he's really co- he's really cool. He actually said I could say more, but I I was like, I, I don't Nancy think you Drew. I don't think I, you I exactly know. know. What you Nancy? You know what? Oh, you can I'll, tell I'll me off air because yeah, I'm literally, then it will be only you and my mom who figured it out. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Fun. Because there's a lot of guesses, but they, you know, mm. not great. <laughs> I'm realizing boundaries have a lot to do with self-esteem. I didn't really know that because I'm reading this book called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. Uh-huh. And I'm learning, I, and I think some, one of the reasons why I word vomit things is because I don't know how I feel about them. So I have to like let them out and then other people give me feedback and then I figure it out. That's how I, I do that. But that's like not, it's like you lose how you feel in the process. So I'm trying to do better. I would like to discuss the word slut for a moment. You mm. guys have an anti-slut shaming podcast Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a word that still kind of has some weird power over women even though it at this point in our human history it really shouldn't um I to my knowledge I've only been called a slut one time that's it really to to my knowledge and it like like I can go back to that instant like in a second I I pretty much have been a serial monogamist like since I was 12 at fat camp <laughs> but there was this one and there's a good reason for it is because I never lived alone but mm. then there was this brief two-year window when I moved to New York City at first when I first moved to New York I was living with my grandpa and my aunt and my uncle and the dogs and everything oh, but wow. then there was this brief window um before my luscious research assistant came along <laughs> when I was playing the field nice like I was seeing different people seeing what that felt like scandalous and one of those <laughs> so people slutty. um was a, a purveyor of cell phones who worked on my block and who sold me a cell phone sold a purveyor, cell phone. so beautiful like from his coat no from the <laughs> cell phone store oh okay and then like at some point um somebody else that i was seeing like you know like buzzed my doorbell to see if i was home while he was around and mm-hmm. then, like, he decided to express this displeasure about this series of events, like, on the block where I lived. And he worked, like, on the street in front of all of our neighbors. Oh, what a mature guy. And well, yeah, that was the one and only time that I was ever called a slut. Wow. And I had to, like, really That's mind-blowing. I mean, grapple I have, with those emotions. I have wow. no idea how many people I've slept with. <laughs> Nor do I have any idea how many times people have called me a slut. They probably go along. I've slept with six people, and I have been called a slut one time to my face. I would wow. say I'm definitely more advanced to one fifty two hundred. I'm up there. Uh huh. Yeah, fun. It was a blast. I'm married now, but in the meantime, I did a lot of uh 
slutting it up. A lot of yeah. around. And yeah, I, that's I fun. don't feel bad about it. Looking no. back, I wish I could have if, if, owned. If somebody calls me a slut, it's true. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I'm right. like, way like, to read it. Way to read the book. Should I have said thank you? Should I have said like, I'm not really that slutty. You should get to know more people. Like, I, I wish I could have owned it more somehow. Have you grappled with that label? How do you overcome the stigma? What advice mm. do you have? I was, I remember the first time I remember being called a slut or that what I was doing was slutty was my seventh grade math teacher. No. Yep. <gasps> um, a I teacher wore, called you a slut? Yeah. She said, well, she said I was dressed very slutty and Ooh. cause I, um, and I wore these jeans. It was like the, you know, we were wearing Britney's, pants when they uh, low rise. Je- I know. Exactly. I wasn't even, but they were very low rise. Um, but were you are, pulling the Britney song out? Uh, the song wasn't out, but it was definitely Britney Spears level low rise. Um, That's I all like, they were selling at the time. Exactly, yeah, it was great. Around and there was a zipper. There were sexy pants. There was a zip, uh, jeans, but there was a zipper at the top and no button. All but right. there was a little bit of midriff showing, barely. But I remember no one had ever, you know, bullied me or made fun of me or done anything to make me feel bad about my sexuality. I wasn't sexually active. It was because se- I was in seventh grade, but that was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember she called me that, and I really internalized it, and I felt terrible. But then, you know, recently I had two boyfriends at the same time and they both knew about each other and they didn't give a shit. And I was like, yeah, I'm living my life. This is great. So, yeah, that's how my number got so high. I would date a lot of people at the same damn time. Yeah. It's good to have options. No, I don't like to eat the same thing every day. I don't either. <laughs> I do. <laughs> like literally and figuratively. Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's fun yeah, though. That's when people call you a slut though, it's either because they're jealous of you or they hate themselves. Yeah. Which is kind of Yeah, in, that, in, in the instance that you just shared with us, I mean, like I, I, we don't have all the details, but I mean, I can pretty clearly say that it was because that guy felt insecure mm-hmm. about it. And, that's not your problem. And he felt stupid and he was like, okay, well, I'll just take these feelings that I'm feeling and throw them onto you and you can deal with them right Mm -hmm. yeah so I mean that's the thing I haven't been called a slut a lot I guess at least not to my face until the podcast came out and then it's like all over reddit threads and stuff but I just didn't get like um bullied or like made fun of that much because I think like someone tried it probably you know day one of school and then I was gave them a poker face and it's not really fun to bully someone who doesn't accept the bullying so they moved on to somebody else to be unbullyable yeah I I think they were scared of me like I watched the craft a lot and I think they thought I was like a vampire I always kept my shade down in my I feel uh, like when people house. called me a slut I was like <laughs> yeah, Kelly, yeah you're unbullyable also it's my brand huh you're also an unbullyable yeah. person I'm bullyable I do feel yeah, like I'm very bullyable. my slut reputation had exceeded me my knowledge of it like I once I was in college I was like I'm owning it but in high school I didn't even know people thought I was a slut mm. I'd only had sex with one person but then when my high school me and my friend were going to go to prom together. And then he did, went to a different after party because he thought that I was going to have want, make him have sex with me. And I was Force like, him? that's rapey. And yeah. two, because he was really Catholic, I was like, no, we were going as friends. Yeah. And also, I only had sex with one person. Just because you have sex with one person doesn't mean you have sex with everyone. With everyone people's yeah. early on ideas about sex are just so not on the money. It just, and you don't realize that until years later. Looking yeah, back. yeah, because we were hanging out here. I mean, we were, you know, friends still now and he was telling me some story oh, he, when he was giving me the tattoo on my leg and he was like you know you guys the prom party was so much cooler than the one I went to but I didn't go because I thought that everybody told me you were going to want to have sex and I was like what? no and that's how you found out that you were a slut yeah I mean we made out once when we were in high school and slut. we cracked the car window because <laughs> oh, it was wow. the winter time steamy. and things were steamy but 
That's, that's fun. impressive. You know, that was just making out. Yeah. 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 The sl- the word slut, like if it, it can penetrate you if you are, have low self-esteem, which I am currently working on. But uh, it does that word doesn't penetrate me now. I don't give a shit. I know that. I just, I'm so familiar now with the nature of the internet and bullying and shaming and stuff. So I get what's at play when people come after you for things. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not personal. You mentioned how sometimes just having a microphone in your hand, like the truth comes out. Yeah. When you were interviewing guys that you had fucked. Mm-hmm. Did some information come out of them that surprised you that you didn't know that they feelings that <laughs> they had, so thoughts right that they had, perceptions that they had that the that the microphone drew out of them? For mine it was like mostly just lies and I was like this I don't have time for this. Oh, they were just lying. People to love face? to try and gaslight me. Would you bring them into the room or you on the phone or um, We only did one pho- with Darren. That was our only guys we fucked no, phone interview. No, we did two two oh, also. Oh, that guy, that fucking asshole guy. The the that musician and then also yeah. this guy David who had moved to Los Angeles. Oh, right. Yeah, so wow, a couple yeah. of David's completely nice. The other guy, oh, we Howie is the favorite Howie. we used. Ugh. Um, yeah, I mean there was like Two people I can think of, Howie and Danny, who uh, were just completely like they were just lying on the podcast. And it what was did like, they lie about? Just like about too cool. how much they liked me or pursued me, and so they would. I mean, I was like, I'm not here to like make you look dumb, but to like pretend that you weren't texting me for like six months is ridiculous. Danny has since apologized. Howie, I mean, he got ended up getting married, and I just don't care. So. Um, yeah. but yeah so like they were texting you for six months and being like whatever I wasn't I just wasn't that into you no 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 they were texting me for six months before I would even sleep with them her. because they were that into me they it was like it took I and I and I do reward persistence which I know <laughs> is you know te- like some people well they did end up getting laid yeah right? some people consider that like harassment but it's a pe- it's a pe- <laughs> it's on the tone I think it's, it's a fine line the tone. Context context the tone. Everything. yeah because Jerry Hollywell also was very persistent about getting into the Spice Girls and then she got into the Spice Girls for so you know I was like, you had sex with a man that's the same name as one of the oh, Spice Girls. No, 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 no. I just, guy, Jerry I just compare everything to anything the Spice Girls yeah. have gone through, basically. Um, and if yeah. someone wants to be your lover, they've got to get with your friends. Yes. That's yeah. the real talk. Not sexually, but yeah, yeah. people oh, misinterpret God, that don't. line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, but if you're just going to sit here and lie, like that's, another, again, another issue that you're having. Not that I'm having, so. I got a lot of questions answered, and I was <laughs> felt very comfortable asking them because I was in a relationship, and I was like, I'm not trying to fuck you again. Like, why don't we just be honest? Yeah. One guy I really liked. It's the only guy I met online that I really, really liked, and he, I thought he broke up with me, but he said I broke up with him. On the podcast, he was like, you broke up with me. I'm like, why would I break up with you? And he's like, I don't know, but you did. I'm like, fuck. I really liked him, so. Did was- you... Did you Crazy. agree with his assessment when you looked back that you were the breaker upper? Or? I couldn't rec- I was like, it wasn't that long ago, but I maybe it, it, it might. I think I looking back, I'm like, oh, I might have just been insecure and, and, and anticipated that you were going to dump me, oh, which I don't think I was far off. Strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then one of my big relationships before Steven was this guy named Darren, who I was with in high school and college. And that was a phone interview. I didn't talk to him in a while. He stopped talking to me because his, an ex-girlfriend of his asked him to stop talking to me. Oh, I've been there. And I was so hurt by that. And then, um, and then, but I also cheated on Darren with this guy. And I told Darren at the time when we were in a relationship together, I told him the next day, I said I made out with this person. And then on air, I didn't mean to do this as some big like Jerry Springer reveal or anything, but I was like, you know, I remember when I said I made out with so-and-so and I was like, he's like, yeah, because we stayed together for a little bit after that. And I was like, actually, I had sex with that person. He goes, oh, oh, I wouldn't have stayed with you. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be cruel by telling you that. 
because three but you're years. you're having honesty time, so. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird to be broadcasting that, but at the same time, yeah, I just, it's hard for me to not be honest. I did once have a situation where, and this was the guy I had sex in high school. We broke up. I was really good friends with the girl he dated next. Like, we were best friends in middle school. And then I used to go to these, even though I do not pay, play poker, I hate poker, but I would go <laughs> to the poker nights and just smoke weed and hang out with these dudes that I had gotten to know for years while we were dating, and we were, you know, I'd go skateboarding with them and stuff. Not that I skateboarded either, but that I like to smoke weed and watch Hot Boys skateboard. So like yeah. that was what I would do in middle school, high school. And then he got with my one of my friends. And then she was like, she can't come anymore. And she can't come to poker night. And then all the dudes were like, that's fucked up. She's like our really good friend now. Yeah. And like we broke up on good terms. And it just fizzled yeah, out. Yeah, there see, was yeah. no animosity. Mm -hmm. And so her therapist said, you should really try to hang out with Callie. This is not healthy for you. Yeah. You are therapist sanctioned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was listening to a recent episode of yours and I was delighted to hear you both say that you're having the best sex of your lives. <laughs> to what do you attribute your coital success? I mean, I would I would guess age and just talking about sex every week, once a week for like 90 minutes uh, for five years probably helped. And like the more you get to know yourself, the better you're going to be able to handle your own body and navigate someone else's yeah so I think that's part of it a big the older I it. get the more I'm able to advocate for myself in bed and mm -hmm. so um if I'm gonna have casual sex with somebody it's gonna be good sex I'm not gonna I don't want to waste my time and I don't want them to waste their time and uh, I think because I was in a relationship for so long we had really good sex in that relationship and like Corinne was saying talking about it so much it made me realize, like, I would talk about kinks that I didn't even know I had on the podcast, and my ex edited the podcast at the time. Oh. I wouldn't tell him, but I would just kind of say it out loud and not even realize I didn't tell him. And then he would be like, so wait, you want to have a three, what, you, you have a cuckold length thing? Like, you want to, do you want to talk about that? I was like, oh, yeah, we probably should. Um, but now, <laughs> being, being single at 31 is so much better than being single at 22, which is the last time I was. Um, just because you know your body better, and you know what you want, and I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. And I don't want to put up with people's bullshit that I shouldn't be putting up with. That all makes sense. That all checks out. <laughs> you're, you're just like that's it. No, it's the older you get, the better you get. It's an you know? inside job. What you're yeah. telling me is that good sex is an inside yeah, job. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also, like, just if you're having, you know, sex and, like, the next person that you have sex with isn't as good as the last person, I'm probably not going to have sex with that person again. So yeah. that's also a way to go through it. I'm also just curious about, like, it's just so fascinating to me that, two people like me and this person can have sex one way and then that person can go and have sex with another woman and it's totally different. I think that's so fascinating. Yeah, it is. That's I think it's cool. Is there any concern that falling in love will negatively affect your career or is it flexible? Is your career flexible enough to handle it? Well, I mean, I've, I've already done it during yeah. my career. So it was, you know, I mean, I, I think it's good to rotate between you know personal life and career life and even like in your week if you set a day aside that's like a day when you only um you know handle relationship stuff I think that's important because you can get overwhelmed with your career especially when you're dating pe other people in the business which is kind of all I do um so yeah but it doesn't worry I mean I would be more worried if I wasn't falling in love hmm. <laughs> like, like I have no soul left yeah I'm very boy crazy and so I think Sometimes falling in love with people is too distracting for me. Mm. Um, I haven't, I mean, there's the, the time that I referenced where I was like, I had two boyfriends. Uh, we both said, we said, I love you, both of them and I. Um, but 
falling in love. I don't think we we didn't properly fall in love, but we did love each other, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. It wasn't this crazy, like, the notebook thing. Um, but I really enjoyed <laughs> it. But then I would go, and it would be these high highs and low lows. Like, one week, I was like, yeah, I'm fucking two people, and they're both cool. Like, I can be upfront about that, because I don't want to hide shit. And then the next week, like, I had no, no boyfriends. So it's just that up and down is, I don't know, it's kind of exciting. Because you never know what's going to happen. That's why I like The worst single. thing that happened to my career when I fell in love with our luscious recording engineer is that like (laughs) it was it was really a case of like extreme sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. because this is when we were working um in manhattan and he lived all the way out at midwood at the time and we would be on deadline till like one or two in the morning and then i would take the train to midwood just to like sniff the good smell of his neck for like a couple of hours before I like (laughs) came back to work and I was like a zombie like I I couldn't handle life right now in my head I remember back in the day where a specific time where I was trying to say something to you and you were just at your desk like Aww. typing but eyes closed. And I was <laughs> I like, oh, I'm at work. Yeah. My eyes I was like, how long should But when you're falling it? in love, like you'll get on that train at 1 a.m. Who cares? Like, Fuck it. I'm not going home. Smell, I'm going to see you. That neck smell will make a Now we all want to try your neck. <laughs> oh, I have one of my, the, one of the two guys that I was seeing, I would ask him, I'm like, can you leave your undershirt here so I can just smell it? Oh, yeah. Aww. That would have saved me a lot of commute time. But it wouldn't <laughs> have been enough. Like I would wear it to sleep and I'd be like, I feel like I'm laying on him. I like Campillo, Camillo's pillow, and when Camillo's not there, I just hug Campillo. Oh, Campillo. That's so it's crazy. This you guys need dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I have two cats that I'm okay. Also I was like, you guys need some kind of a pet. It's, isn't it <laughs> wild though to be so addicted to somebody's scent? Like you just, yeah. I just want to sniff well, their some, skin. Some damn like pheromones yeah. just creeping out. They're real, man. You two have been doing stand-up comedy for a long time, mm-hmm. and whenever we have comedy scene peeps on this show, I like to ask if the Time's Up Me Too movements have actually had an impact on industries like stand-up that are supposed to be notoriously misogynist. Like, we've all heard about the Louis C.K. dick out in the green room. Like, has your work environment changed as a result of these movements? I don't think... Uh, our experience in the comedy community has not been misogynist, as, oh, as everybody so says. So nice to hear. It really hasn't, and I don't want to because I we're you know, it's a it's a field where it's mostly men, and I love that because if you're a woman, that's like a one up, like you just stand out, you're, you're different, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's cool. But we get a, I mean, there, our peers respect us, and uh, and but we like we knew about the Louis thing before the New York Times article, and I remember. One day I wanted it. I was like, Corinne, is it okay if I talk about this in the intro? Because the Me Too stuff was happening, but it hadn't gotten to Louis yet. And the right. whole comedy community knew about this. We knew about for it. For years. Yeah, but yeah. Nobody had said it nobody straightforward. Didn't. So yeah. you can't say anything without first person verification. Right. Well, also, too, you know, we didn't know the people that were on the other end of that personally. But it's like, well, this is a rumor that's been circulating. I feel comfortable at least sharing that. Um, but also being honest about, I don't know all the details. And, uh, and I remember we talked about it and then the New York times article came out like two days later, not because of us, but they were working on it. Um, and I, the only thing I've noticed is, um, some of the comics, like, uh, I think, I believe a partner on Sherla wrote an article about her, her. Be, she's amazing, uh, being frustrated that Louie was back at the cellar and getting stage time. Um, and she's like, not, I, I like when she talks, I listen, I love the mm-hmm. way she thinks. Um, and I thought that was interesting, but I mean, I don't think it's changed 
I mean, if anything, much. it's just a lot of jokes about, you know, people going like, I don't want to be accused of me too. And yeah. yeah. Like people, like they, like oh, I would God. say like straight guys seem very like almost anxious in, so around women in a way that they didn't before. Because I mean, you know, the... <laughs> the true test of like if you have kind of made it as a woman in comedy and it shouldn't be but it's part of it is like if you are treated kind of you know genderless uh Uh, you know people are farting and burping in front of you the way they wouldn't in front of like a non-comedian woman um (laughs) and so I find people are like handling me with kid gloves a little bit more now but like yeah again like I've worked in a lot of like male industries I went to school for film directing so I had already gone through four years of college when I was one of the only women in a program so I just really did not also notice any difference and I'm kind of like just a tough chick like I think perhaps yeah the way people treat I would not fuck women with you. Is yeah, not, if they're gonna meet too somebody, it'd probably be me. Like they're the just not gonna do it to me. It's like, I won't it's not even worth the trouble. Later. I would be too fucking annoying about it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, it's just not worth. It's ransom of red cheap. Like it, yeah. they would just be like, I regret this. Like, I, I think when we first started the podcast and people started emailing us, we became privy to something that we had no idea about, which was how often people, how many people have been raped, sexually assaulted, molested as children. Mm-hmm. That's s- half of our emails that we get. Mm-hmm. Men, women from everywhere. And, and we got so many of those emails. I'm like, you guys, this is a fucking problem. Yeah. And then the Me Too thing started happening and people were talking about it. And I was like, that's so fucking awesome. Your show is primarily a comedy podcast. Mm-hmm. I find it very funny. Yeah, but yeah. as you've just said, you talk about really serious topics mm-hmm. as well because your listeners really open up to you and you open up to us um you talk about rape and sexual abuse and the exploitation of sex workers it made me kind of wonder is it possible as women to talk about sex for five years and not talk about abuse at length uh, I don't. Th- I don't. I think mean, so. unless you're. It's literally not possible, right? I, I, I mean, it's impossible. I don't. It's impossible with us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Irresponsible. Why wouldn't you talk about it? And I think you can marry that with humor when it's appropriate. Um, and that's really healing. So, yeah. one of my favorite moments on the podcast. I just saw her the other day. Jessica Kirsten is like one of the best comedians on the planet. She was on the show and she was telling us this um how she was molested at fat camp and then the next year at college she was date raped and she went on to tell us a story about this date rape but um she was like yeah this guy took me back to the frat house and then he 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 raped me and i was like and he was like yeah i got date raped i'm like and there was this moment it was so it's such an honest moment where i was like wait why are you calling it date rape you weren't on a date like isn't that just rape and she paused and we laughed for like 20 minutes straight and she goes yeah I guess I should stop saying that I've been downplaying it okay I'll just say I was rape raped (laughs) and uh, it was just like this funny where's the date part yeah it was this funny moment of uh of being able to laugh at the fact that a human being is going to want to downplay what happened to them and that pain it's not laughing at the pain because I don't think that's funny but it's like kind of laughing at the human nature to uh to want to protect yourself you know do you, what is the feedback like that? I know that you get a lot of feedback from your listeners wanting to talk about this, but is there, do you get a certain amount that's like, you guys are supposed to be funny, quit bumming me out type stuff? Sometimes. 
Mm, like, can you I stop feel, talking about rape? I feel like more than that, we get the opposite, especially in you know recent years when you know it's you have to be PC in every moment, otherwise you get attacked. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been more like, oh, that wasn't inappropriate, that was inappropriate. I'm like, guys, we've been doing already been doing this for like many years, and that's why I, we kind of you know talk about comedy a lot too, to like just to remind people we're comedians first, and we have been professional comedians for almost a decade at this point in New York City, which is the place to be a stand-up comedian you know it's not like we're doing we're not doing open mics in Idaho like it's yeah. legit big time and I never so. want to be afraid to not say something and I we're very much of the mindset of like we're all pieces of shit every person can be a piece of shit and that's okay but I, we actively want to be less of a piece of shit so if something ignorant comes out my mouth please point it out I'm not gonna right. be like what you do like if you point it out in a respectful way I appreciate that so much yeah we're how not, the fuck else are you gonna learn it's you not know? like an exactly. educational environment we're not giving a ted talk it's just, it's just a, a roundtable conversation but just happens to be that like christine and i are on one side of this roundtable and then everyone else is in their own homes but that's mm-hmm. all it is uh so you know it's not like we're saying hey what we say is fact and is the end all and be all on this subject mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these days it's very unusual for a single person to like meet and mingle without dating apps. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, my co-host Callie was writing <laughs> about trying out different dating apps for Bust, and that's how she met her Chilean husband. Wow! Truth. Facts. Nice. You were on assignment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to keep going on other dates even after I met him because show must go yeah, on There's yeah it works works. i had to try yeah. feel bad for those dudes because i was like no nah, nah. yeah this is gonna work out yeah no. so as i was saying it's very unusual for people to meet and hook up without dating apps uh but in a lot of ways the apps seem to be making it harder for people to find like actual meaningful connection because people are using them to order sex like a pizza like men and women and gender non-conforming individuals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's just sort of the mindset that they sort of entice you it's into because you're yeah. like swiping swiping and then you see a person that you might want to sex and then you choose them and then yeah. you meet them and then you sex them um <laughs> so do you have any advice for how to get what you actually want from that app life since there are so few alternatives yeah i mean give like doing a good we've been doing this uh, in our live shows making a good profile that's uh reflective of who you actually are i think number one people don't actually know who they are and what they want mm-hmm. and then number two they don't know how to be their own publicist because when you're putting together uh-huh. a dating profile you got to sell yourself and you know we live in the age of the overshare and, but there's a difference between lying and picking out your best qualities um, and also the things that best reflect you uh, and, and and kind of curating them in a profile. And people are really fucking bad at it. Yeah, we've like, made over a lot bad. of people's profiles live on stage. And man, they'll tell us about themselves and then we'll talk to them and then we'll look at their profile and we'll read like the answers they answered on Hinge, for example. And that's we're like, I that's not boo boo on. And, and, and oh yeah, yeah. I like Hinge. It's a good one. Um, but then so you can judge them by we're reading. Friends. We'll talk so to them in person. Yeah. I'm like, you're really funny. And then we look at these answers. I'm like, these aren't funny at all. You're boring as fuck on this app, and that's not who you are. You're doing yourself a disservice. Uh huh. Or and, or yeah. bad pictures, or a bunch of people love putting pictures with like 18 of their girlfriends. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which one is and you? It's like, what are you doing? Don't post pics with your higher friends. Like, don't do that. Or with your ex. Or oh yeah, with your and if it's a kid. Make sure that you like if it is your like people are gonna go is that your that, yeah. somebody's gonna scroll that and go 
is that his kid or is that his friend's kid or is that his nephew? Like, you gotta clarify. Yeah. I think that, yeah, people just need to really sit down and like give it to a friend who knows you well and have the friend look it over. One thing I think is great about the dating apps is that there are people who feel for whatever reason that they are unfuckable. And I think the apps prove that that everyone is fuckable. Yeah. That's true. Someone's going to want to fuck somebody. It's, yeah. I've learned, we've learned so much about sexuality and like anybody who ever thinks a kink they have is weird. I'm like, it, I get, I promise you, mm-hmm. I feel like a doctor in this area. Mm-hmm. It is not weird. We got an email from a woman who can only masturbate and come to videos of women giving birth. Okay. And we read the email. I didn't have anything to say. I just, I was like, I just want to read this email because I thought it was really interesting. She explained it in a really, she answered questions I would have asked her, which I really appreciated. Next week when we read it, 12 other women emailed us. Oh my God, I have the same exact kink. I can only come wow. to videos of women giving birth. And if huh? they poop, I come harder. What? Yeah, but Did I don't want to. Have all the of them had birth or no? No, the one, the first woman who wrote them, wrote us, uh, she didn't want to be pregnant and pregnant women don't turn her on. It's specifically the giving birth. Huh. And the only thing I, I was like, I don't know. I don't think that's weird. like giving birth is a very powerful experience. And right. if you think about it, that's why deep, deep, deep down in the caveman instincts, that's why people want to fuck anyway. So maybe it's something to do with that. I don't maybe know. Maybe she really likes wetness. Maybe, I, yeah, I don't know. It's something going in and out. It's just, I mean, it's just yeah, that's what she liked. Yeah. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. And then I thought it was more fascinating that so that many people, all those people were like, wrote in. Yeah. Yeah. But I knew, I knew at least one would. You guys have your finger on the vaginal slash penal pulse. Yeah, yeah, it feels like that. Of yeah. this nation. <laughs> I Dare like, I say the world because it's on the internet. And apps also, I was just thinking, give you they give you a chance to like take a risk that a lot of people wouldn't be willing to take uh, in real life. Like for someone like, quote unquote, like out of your league, you know, mm. to swipe on someone. You're like, this person probably wouldn't like me. But like, let me try. There's really no negative repercussions yeah. that's going to come from this. Um, and sometimes it works out in your favor. Corinne and Christina, are you feminists? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You'd be shocked to know how many people don't say yes sometimes. No, really? I wouldn't be shocked because actually it's part of, it's the intro to a joke that I do, one of my favorite jokes in my act, and almost almost n- no one responds yes ever. Isn't Unless it's so like a guys sad? we fuck show. It is sad, and I berate them, and they deserve to I be I like berated. to think, though, that one of the missions Idiots. of the podcast, well, it, it wasn't to begin with, but it kind of came that is to add a sense of humor to feminism because that's how people go oh wait it. I think okay I think I can get on board humor is very powerful it absolutely yeah. does need it and it's great to see, like you know see like people in the bus office realize that because unfortunately a lot of you know like kind of like corporate brands of feminism or like more organized feminism really are lacking it <laughs> yes. yeah and uh, it's not great because it makes everyone it, it makes it makes the word have a negative connotation that it does not need to have yep are there um, any sex positive feminists that have helped guide you in your quest to destigmatize slut stuff oh gosh yeah yeah so many um, so many i mean amber rose was kind of just like because of our timing was someone who was always very aligned with our views and she's wonderful and kind and intelligent her. and well-spoken um and i think she's doing a great and especially like the kind of audience she has is is just amazing um and, and people who need to hear the message and i think she's really uh, made strides with that and with Amber Rose's slut walk for sure. Um, and then there's, you know, I think even like uh, Stoya is oh, yeah. doing a great job. People who are sex workers who are also very good at writing and speaking. And yeah. And just, just women in pop culture who have always been overtly <laughs> yeah. sexual. I mean, Corinne's a huge Spice Girls fan. I was obsessed with the Spice Girls when I was a kid because they just kind of, 
they, they came off as like, just be yourself, have fun, love your friends, be good to yourself, and then you can do whatever. You just have fun. It's okay. Right. They were sexy, but not for men. And I can't yeah, really think of a lot themselves. of examples of pop stars who weren't. They were very clearly, uh, you know, created to sell to women, but still were dressed very sexy, still wearing hot pants, and it was so clearly not to be sold to men. Has your feminism changed at all as a result of doing this show? Your concept of yourselves as feminists. I didn't call myself a feminist before the show, huh. but it's not because I didn't think I, I, I wasn't anti it at all, but I was just like, oh, I never really, people started calling us that. And then I looked into it. <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> silly, but I did. Um, and I was like, oh, this is what I believed all along. I just didn't have a name for it. And that's really cool. And I, the only, I think, impression I had of feminism was that some people think it's man-hating. And I'm like, that's so stupid. It's like, our, and if anybody, whenever anybody would accuse us of being man-hating, it's like, our podcast is called Guys We Fucked. Like, we, if I hated guys, why would I be fucking all? Like, it's yeah. not, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I think, um, and meeting people like Amber Rose and like Stoya, I mean, that was just the Stoya conversation because she had dated my ex-boyfriend and it was such a, oh, whoa, such a source of insecurity for me. So much so that we had a drinking game of any time Corinne brought up her ex or I brought up Stoya take a shot jokingly but also you know you would get tanked if you if you actually followed <laughs> yeah. but yeah that was a, that was a really like um like getting to know her and interviewing her after being really insecure but painfully insecure about her for me, for 4 years was a really interesting experience um and that was felt very so she dated the feminism. ex before you dated him yep for oh, then you just comparing your sex to her yeah. sex. Yeah, and he didn't help. He would say things to me that were very inappropriate that he shouldn't have said about her. Mm. Um, that would like were positives about her, but but, but made to feel me mm-hmm. made for me to feel insecure about it. Mm. So you know, yeah, that's a lot of sex pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially for someone who's not. I'm not like sexy. I'm more like adorable and cute and goofy, and so that I was yeah, I was a huge source of yeah. It's bad enough when you can look at someone's like Instagram profile, but if you can actually like watch, watch a video them take of them a dick fornicating, up the that's too yeah, much. Beautifully and just that's like beautifully, I would lose my goddamn mind. Yeah, I would. Like, God, you're good at sex. It's just yeah, I don't want to know that. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's why not all of us are professionals, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's a skill that I do not have. I'm not really good with a lot of sexy, sexy stuff because I get the giggles i'm Same. not good at keeping a serious if you're laughing face. during sex i think you're doing something right yeah but porn but i mean you're, it's not for if porn you're professional like if you're, you're professionally not, se- like i told her when we interviewed her i'm like just be the whole gag reel yeah 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 i told her when we interviewed her i'm like you're a sexy like you just look up and it's sex. like i could take a picture of you at any time in the day and it's gonna be hot and she was like, yeah, I know. It's, it's like a thing I have. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> the essence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sex and sex. The sex and sex. The sex The sex yeah. Corinne, has your feminism changed at all as a result of doing the show? Uh, that's, I, I'm trying to, I was trying to think. So I don't think anything about my feminism has changed. My sexuality, I, I think, has, you know, is something I've explored and thought a lot about and, you know, kind of like monogamy and different structures of relationships, things like that. But my feminism remains the same. I'm, I still feel at the core of the guy. I am the same person who I was when we started. Um, it's more like how I see others that has changed. Some, mm-hmm. some for the positive, some for the negative. I'm definitely more patient now. Oh, that's I'm, good. I'm, I'm older though. I'm less like I'm less likely to get angry in the way that I that I would before. Um, so I think I have that. But that's not feminism. But, but although, <laughs> although feminism and everything on the internet could do with a little bit less yelling and anger. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> What are your hopes and dreams for 2019? We're really getting into it. Yeah. Um, I want to get better at stand-up. I want to be the best stand-up I can be. 
and I want guys who fuck to, it's taken a lot of arcs, a lot of really exciting, it's gone to places that we never imagined, and so I'm really excited for this year to be the best year of the podcast um, that it's ever been. We're, we're excited, we got some stuff up our sleeve, and uh, I don't know, I just want to be happy, <laughs> which I am, but I just want to like keep it up. I'm going full gaga, which means I'm dating only people who are better looking than me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm concentrating on looking weird, not sexy. Nice. I mean, the thing that she does because it's like, well, number one, I'm like 33. I mean, you're at a certain point, you're never going to be the hottest person in the room, nor do you need to. So you're just going very weird, um, which I think is more interesting. And uh, just remembering that uh, I have to create things and show them to people because people constantly don't get what I'm trying to say and I'm like let me just show you and uh, well yeah yeah (laughs) create more opportunities for yourself yeah the the entertainment business is there's a lot of boxes that people try to uh fit you in or that they present to you and then you try to fit yourself in and for me that is an absolute waste of time and so just not even not even on my radar anymore I love that I love what you guys do I think what you do is important Mm-hmm. And that it destigmatizes a lot more than sluttery. <laughs> I think it destigmatizes like the whole galaxy of sexuality, not just for women, for everybody. Thanks. Like you make everything funny and okay and something that's not only okay to talk about, but that's like funny and cool and engaging to talk about. And I think that shedding light on so many dark corners of our interpersonal lives can only make us better to each other oh that's so lovely i want that in a sound bite (laughs) thank you we're gonna take a micro break (laughs) and when we come back i'm going to ask our guests and hopefully they will ask us what what you you watching before we get back to the show i want to tell you about our new sponsor wolfie vibes publicity If you're working on a new project and find yourself in need of a kick-ass publicist who communicates well and works tirelessly to get you the coverage you're after, consider going to Wolfie Vibes Publicity. Wolfie Vibes Publicity is a female-owned and operated boutique PR firm that will get you where you need to be, and you'll even have fun in the process. Get in touch via wolfievibespublicity.com for details and quotes, and tell them that Pop-Tart sent you. And we're back. Hello. During the break, uh, Miss Christina had to leave because she has a stand-up gig. Yes. Work. (laughs) But we still have Corinne. Hi. And we are going to ask you, since you're our guest, Mm -hmm. what you're watching. And when we say what you're watching, we mean all pop culture. We mean books, TV, movies, music, music videos. Okay. Podcasts. Anything that you are consuming pop culturally, we want to know about it because it is probably cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll start with a TV. My favorite TV show, hands down right now, is I'm Sorry on True TV with Andrea Savage. I think it's the funniest show ever. 
I like it's very hard when you consume comedy and you write comedy nonstop to actually laugh out loud anymore, even though I find lots of things funny. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like cry laughing, fall off my couch for the show. I think it's so excellent, so well written. I love it. What's it about? I've never seen it. It's just a half hour comedy um, about a comedy writer. Like Andrew's basically, you know, she is a comedy writer in real life. She's just playing herself. And it's the humor is more in the dialogue. It's just kind of that like very fast paced, like almost like Gilmore girl uh-huh. style dialogue, which I, love I really it. do love. Um, and she's so fast. And I mean, just as a female comedy writer and performer, I think it especially speaks to my heart. And it's and it's trying to navigate a very kind of traditional lifestyle, kid, husband, LA school system, private school, and having such kind of a dysfunctional job and no filter. So she's basically getting herself into like Larry David style situations, <laughs> right and left, because comedians forget that you cannot talk to... Um, you know, non comedians, yeah. the way civilians. Yes, yeah. I, I always try not to say that because people get so offended. I'm like, we don't really, you know, if you knew comedians as well as I do, you'd be happy to be called a civilian. Like, <laughs> being called a comedian is not a compliment. I'm all caught up, and I'm like, make more, make more. I love it so much. That's what I'm watching on TV. I also watched uh, Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh, oh my God, God. those yeah. parents. Good. Need to learn how to say no. Going back to boundaries, a lot of boundaries issues there. Um, but I love, yeah, I love documentaries, especially ones about weird stuff. And I, and of course, did what did the R. Kelly doc, the Michael Jackson doc, a lot of things. I mean, those are things I feel like I also am. Do you have believe to watch. everyone in all of those docs? Yes. So mm-hmm. do I. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. I mean, just if you just like the argument for me, if you if you don't want to just believe because you should believe them, um, is like no one's that good of an actor. You know, <laughs> like if these people were these good of an actors, they would be famous for acting. <laughs> And uh, music, I'm listening to a lot of Demi Lovato right now. Okay. It's you a mood. Love, you yeah. love this pop. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big pop fan. But I mean, like, my favorite band is Nine Inch Nails. So I just go all over the place. some place. 90s realness. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Very 90s. Spice Girls, Nine Inch Nails. It's <laughs> getting, getting, either, getting either side of it. I loved both of them in the 90s as well. And yeah. today. And today. But yeah. you also are the Lovato and the Beebs. Yeah, big into Biebs. I do. I have, like, I have my own podcast, Two Less Lonely Girls, about pop culture and Justin Bieber with Rosewood Baker. So I'm always very up to date on anything Justin Bieber and Victoria Beckham. Were you taken in <laughs> by the Bieber eating the burrito in the middle hoax? Uh, when we first, when I first saw it, yes, I did absolutely think it was Bieber, but like very quickly within the day. I had gotten to the bottom of it. What are you guys watching? Callie, what you watching? Well, I went to the Cher show on Broadway. Ooh. On Broadway. On Broadway. Because you a classy bitch. I am a classy bitch. And it was so fucking good. There's three shares throughout. A young share, uh, a share during the sunny time, and then a, the current share. And current share has the share walk down so good. Nice. It was amazing. And Bob Mackie did all the costuming for it. Every single costume in the entire thing. I read an interview with him where he was like, I wasn't going to be doing the costumes. And then I was insulted. <laughs> and so now he's doing the costume. Is this chair. a drag show or are they women? They're women. Okay. I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're women. You um, didn't do a panty check. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was just amazing. Um, everybody should go. I didn't realize that Sunny Cher was 16 when she met Sunny. 
Yeah. So that threw me for a sad. A lot of people are six. You know, uh, Priscilla Presley was also right. 16. 14. Oh, she was 14? Well, she was 14 when they met. Uh-huh. And then I think she was 15 slash 16 <laughs> when she went to live at Graceland and when oh, man. Elvis got her dad to agree to let him send her off to Catholic school. Right. So wow. he bought so her a like, little uniform and sent her off to school every day. Oh, man. So Cher talks a lot about how, you know, she became Cher because of Sonny. And I like to think in my heart that Cher would have always been Cher. But then I also know Cher wouldn't have been Cher without Bob Mackie. So I think she could have. If she found Bob Mackie, she would have still been Cher. Because Cher is the outfits. I see. So it's not Sonny's influence as much as Bob's. Influence. I think so. I mean, pictures share without those looks. Right. I accidentally started watching this show called The Order. And by accidentally, I thought it was going to be, it's like a frat, a cult show. And I thought it was going to be Illuminati based. Ooh, I would have loved that. It's about werewolves. All right. Mm. Not bad. It's Second all right. Choice. But I was At least it's really a cult. <laughs> wanting Illuminati realness. And then I was like, werewolves. But like weird stuff right. happens when people in the business make uh, films and TV about Illuminati. You know, oh, Eyes Wide Shut. the Illuminati is there. You know, he he died before that even went to theaters and they and supposedly they changed the ending on him. Man. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of conspiracy around that. The ending of, did you see that they changed the ending of The Notebook when they put it on Netflix? Oh, no, I didn't see that. I, really? I have no, I've actually never seen The Notebook. Neither have I. Okay. I don't remember it. <laughs> and the last thing is... Um, the day after this podcast airs, I'm going to see the Sarah Sitkins, I think her name is, bodysuits exhibit at Super Chief. And she's this artist that makes these casts of other people's bodies. So they're like nudes of all different sorts of bodies. And it it's wild. It's wild <laughs> art. Her art is always very body centric. She did like the cell phone cases with the ears on them. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to go over before because uh, Ed said I can try on some bodies. You're going to try on other people's bodies? Yeah, because my friend runs a gallery. I'm really excited about it. So the, the opening is the 6th of April in Bushwick at the Super Chief Gallery in New York. Wow. You've taken a lot, you've taken a lot of art and culture. Yeah. This is impressive. I try. I try. You yeah. Know, getting out there. <laughs> and what have you been watching, Boo? I'm so glad you asked. The big pop culture headline for me this week is Shrill on Hulu. Oh, yes. I'm so mad I don't have Hulu. Oh, my God. It's written by Lindy West. It stars A.D. Bryant. Never have I felt so seen since Hairspray in the <laughs> 80s. It's about a plus-sized lady who works at a newspaper, and she decides not to take any more shit. And I love it so much, and the writing is so good. And it's so funny. And there's only six episodes, so I haven't watched all of it. We've been watching it very slowly. I've only seen two episodes because I want it to last. I want to see all the looks because the costume designer made all the outfits because she didn't think anything was going to serve a justice. There's, all the outfits are handmade for the show. That's They're really cool. They're so cute. But I'm also upset because I want to own them. But it's a comedy TV show with a fat lady protagonist, <laughs> and guess what? She has sex in the first episode. Nice. She has an abortion in the first episode. She's busy. Like, newsflash, fat women have sex. <laughs> did people I think, think they didn't? <laughs> obviously, the people who make TV shows think yeah. that they don't. Yeah. Know, that they're only allowed to have sex after they go through some kind of, like, ugly duckling into swan transformation. Fuck that shit. Guess what? <laughs> Large women have sex. <laughs> Case <out>. closed. <laughs> also, uh, Queer Eye is back mm -hmm. for season three. 
If you love Queer Eye as much as I do, then you will be excited to know that Tan France is going to be in the next yes. issue of Bust Magazine that we're working on right now. So brace yourselves for that. I think He's I'm going to wait until my period to watch that. Oh my God, I cried. I mean, know that this second, this second, anyway. you know, version of Queer Eye, because I actually was, I worked on the original Did Queer you Eye. Really? I was a PA on that show. I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, so this, and then I was like, oh, this is cool. I can watch this show again. And then like, I'm still, I'm like crying. I'm like, this is a much different show. Yeah. yeah. The first I was a here. lot meaner. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was great. I love, I love <laughs> a mean sense of humor. I'm like very much from the Simon Cowell school of criticism, but uh, <laughs> I like to give it and I like to receive it that way. But uh, yeah. I mean, I was, I'm just crying at everyone. Like the yeah. guy who was drinking like the Mountain Dew drinks in his recliner. This is like season one, I yeah. think, of the new one. Oh God, just tears. I oh, love yeah. it. Oh yeah. I love it. He was one who said, you can't fix ugly. Oh. And then they, oh. Oh. I forget how they responded, but I was like, yeah, that's the response he needs. He was so cute. All right. And he got married to that woman. I know he got remarried to his ex. Oh, they did. I'm so happy to hear that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I want to say briefly that on Amazon, there is a series of films called Movies for Cats. Stop. And they're fi- each movie is 15 minutes long. Um, and there's one with forest songbirds. There's baby squirrels. There's a raccoon. And there's one with birds and squirrels. And I uh, found out about it on the Book of Face. And I turned it <laughs> on. And... I have two cats. One is Velma, and she sat very politely um, on the edge of the bed and watched it. And then her brother, a little Irv, dive-bobbed the TV. Oh, my God. I'm going to get you. I'm going to kill you. He ran right into the TV. He started scratching the TV. He tried to get to the other side of the TV because he thought it was a window, and he thought that is the cutest. And he, like, went buck wild. I took so many pictures of him trying to get inside the TV. And um, if you have a cat... Your cat may sit and watch politely or may try to jump through your television. (laughs) The last thing I wanted to mention is that I have pretty much exhausted all American hoarding shows because Mm. I am a messy person and I like to see other people who are messier than I am. But my luscious research assistant found a three episode series from BBC One called Britain's Biggest Hoarders. Oh, Ooh, I love the British reality show. And just like with um, like their food TV and like all of their competition TV shows, it's just a lot gentler than the American versions. Like in the on American Hoarders, like they bring in the Hoarders whole family and they're like, you love your stuff more than me. I fucking hate you. I'm leaving. <laughs> and also you're disgusting and you're a pig and I hate you, mom. Or whatever. <laughs> but on Britain's Biggest Hoarders, like they don't really bring the family in too much. And the lady who's helping them grew up with a mom who was a hoarder oh, okay. and so she oh, comes so in sensitive. and she's like not a doctor or an organizing specialist or anything she's like hi i grew up in a hoarded house i know how you feel let's try to move through this together and she's so Hello, nice let's pick this up did you yeah. watch the broad city episode with the where yes. they found out that he was hoarding and then I they did. cleaned it all out and the first thing was like don't move the hoarder stuff don't touch the hoarder <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah and that is what i've been watching well, this has been a lovely time. I think so, too. Good recommendations, yeah. Thanks so much to our producer, Rachel Withers. The greatest 
producer of all is Rachel Withers. <laughs> she's in Mexico, but she's still producing this show. Wow. She's through the, the wonders of technology. Rachel never stops. Our luscious audio engineer, Logan Del Fuego. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> and of course, to our girl gang at Bust Magazine, you can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems. You cannot find Callie on Twitter, so no, no, don't no, even no, try. No, no. <laughs> Corinne, where can people find you on you the socials? Find, you can find me at Philanthropy Gal on all social media, and Christina is at Christina Hutch, but it's K R Y S T Y N A. And then our duo uh, accounts are called Sorry About Last Night. <laughs> Awesome. You can email both Callie and myself. I'm at emilyrems at bus.com. Callie W at bus.com. And you can learn more about this show at bus.com slash pop tarts. And finally, please rate and review this podcast on Apple podcast. We don't want to be like whatever that show Callie was watching where she thought that it was about the Illuminati and it wasn't. And nobody knows what the fuck is about. And I'm like, Oh, it's about werewolves or like we want to be out there in the mainstream so people are like, oh, yeah, Pop-Tarts, that's feminist pop culture. I know exactly what that is. Yes. We're not going to get that kind of name recognition unless you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, right? They used to be iTunes, and now they want us to say Apple Podcasts. Girl, this life. That, just it's the purple button on your the smartphone. The purple button. Just press the just purple press button. It. It's Rate there. and review us. <laughs> It really makes a difference. It does. It helps us get the word out, and we super duper appreciate it. Until next time. Mwah. Mwah.